Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Oh my, oh my. Do we have some stuff to talk about tonight? We've got... Is this, is this on? Yeah, this is on. We've got a new episode of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett to talk about. We've got last week's episode to explain why we didn't drop last week's episode, even though we attempted to record a review of last week's episode. I have a, I have a question. I have a question. I'm pretty sure I had some type of weird hallucinogenic nightmare acid trip because there was something that was on last week that I'm not sure I can quite describe as an episode of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, it was a little different. I episode think the acid trip might, would have been better than what was watched. But <laughs> episode three was was a little because was a little strange. There was no wretched high podcast for that episode, so it must not exist. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think you're onto something. I like uh, that. And so we're gonna. It's right up there with issue three of Alan Moore's Big Numbers. It'll just never come out. <laughs> we're gonna break it all down for you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast. That we is are a here. Fucking cut right there is what that is <laughs> for another review of the Book of Boba Fett. This week is season one, chapter four of the Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. Now, before we get to our review of. Chapter four, The Gathering Storm. We've got to turn the clock back. We've got to put ourselves in the Wretched Hive time machine and rewind the clock one week. One week, gentlemen. We have to discuss what happened last week. Because talking about the Wretched Hive podcast is the most relevant topic we can have on the Wretched Podcast. Yes, exactly. We are the number one topic on this show. I will just say that this is what Steve's computer said to Steve prior to last week. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and my four co-hosts pretty much said the same thing. So uh, last, when, last Wednesday, uh, season one, chapter three of the Book of Boba Fett aired. The episode is called The Streets of Mas Espa. Rather controversial episode. And is, is it controversial? <laughs> I thought it was a pretty unanimous verdict on that. Well, episode. not controversial if, if, for this <laughs> show, but I, I think it's it's fair to say that it's somewhat split fandom. Some fans did, like did it. Anybody some fans read don't. any? Get, did anybody get any positive feedback at all from that episode? From anybody they know? From anybody thing they read online? Did anybody enjoy anything about that episode last week? No, yes. but I saw more reviews of that show online where people were sweating bullets to say the nicest things they could about it. <laughs> and they were the shortest reviews I've ever seen on any of the wow. YouTube review yeah. channels. I'm all like, right. We got a Rancor. Yeah. We people, saw the twins talk, again. talked about the font choices being excellent for that episode for the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> you guys... We we saw we saw what else would we see we see we oh. saw uh, no, oh don't, God. don't try to dress it up sir. I'm this trying is not like this is oh, not no, like we, a blind date we've met the girl we, we know what's going on we here. met we Danny got Tamara Tre- Morrison in his underwear that we was met cool. we met Danny Trejo he's the Rancor right. keeper that was cool Stephen uh, Root was in the episode Stephen Root yeah uh and we, Griff's biker gang from Back to the Future Part <laughs> Two also in the episode. <laughs> We did unfortunately uh, have punk, to meet punk a rock Buffy, Harry Potter, <laughs> and cheap cyborg cosplay guy. Yeah, yeah. and the chase. Uh, the I'm infamous. Proud of my, mate, I pay good money for it. The infamous <laughs> you know, chase. It's an Australian accent. You're insane. <laughs> I'm in outer space. <laughs> the chase scene at the end. The chase scene at the end of that episode. We talked. Chase, Chase is in very big air quotes for people who are not able to see yeah. the video portion of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we, we talked about, we did a full hour review of episode three uh, in all of its glory. And our producer completely blew it and turned off my microphone. So all you hear is the <laughs> other four guys. And I'm the host of the show leading the quarterbacking the conversation, teeing it up, walking us through the plot points. 
and you just can't hear me at all. I'm like not on the recording. It's blank audio, dead air. And then these guys weigh in and it's just completely unusable. Can, can, you, you, just, can you insert yourself into the blank space though? Like Robin Williams did in Good Morning Vietnam for the Richard Nixon interview where he took Nixon's answers and just asked questions like, and sir, how would you describe your testicles? And then you had Richard Nixon go, they are shallow without any form or meaning. What you should do is just release the episode and have everybody who listens to the show insert their own voices into the podcast. And it's like, you get to host the show this week and we just respond to you. Is it like a make your own adventure Richard yeah, podcast? It's, a, it's like build a bear except with a podcast. Uh, and that was on the, on t- and I, you know, this show is my little Island. I talked to a couple of you guys after this show is my Island. It's my mental health break. I had a terrible, awful day at work that day. I get home. I'm going to do the podcast. It's going to liven me up. And then I, sorry, the producer the totally, producer. <laughs> s- totally. We fired that guy. That guy's out. Um, it's overpaid son of a bitch. I, I do love that Steve just said. I talked to a few of you guys, and again, air quotes for you not seeing the video tonight. He, we, we were talking him down yeah. after that show. I mean, it yeah, was I, intense. We were all a little worried about Steve yeah. that night. I, I, was yeah, I, I was a little concerned. I also felt like a jackass because I was just giving you a hard time the whole night, not realizing what a colossally, historically bad day you'd had coming into it. I thought it was just like a normal. Every day, yeah. let's just, let's just, let's just a give normal them. everyday bad day. Yeah, so let's just kick you in the nuts and get over it. Nope, I made a bad judgment call there, you know, so I, I apologize for that. Uh, no, no bad judgment at all. You know, you guys are my bros. You're my family. You're my you're my Star Wars family here, and um, you know, I it's all good. It's all good. I survived it, um, but it took some doing. It took like a couple of days to get over that. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, so. Just to pull the curtain back a little bit, and then we'll get on. You guys, we've talked about, I work in public health. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I think that day we had like over 40,000 cases in LA. I mean, it's just blowing up. My job is crazy. Everyone around me is is working their asses off. I worked a very long day. I came home. I'm going to do the Star Wars podcast and forget about all that for a couple hours and just hang out with my boys. And then I totally... Sorry, the producer. Why do I keep saying hi? That's so weird. <laughs> the producer That's blows it. Yeah. Ah. So anyway, uh, you guys were so understanding, and I hope that our listeners are too. So sorry about last week. Uh, we got a couple of messages uh, from, I just want a quick shout out to Brett and Mark, who both reached out and were like, hey, Aren't you going to release an episode this week? <laughs> We're following along and, and watching the episode after, and then listening to your show. So, you know, what's the deal? And the sad thing is that podcast was actually better than the episode that we were reviewing that week. <laughs> it was. It was. So, well, uh, you know what? I, I will take the opposite tack and say there was a lot of vitriol. There was a lot of hurt feelings. There was a lot of anger. And, and you know, maybe it's maybe it's best we just let under the radar and treat it like the bad dream that it actually was. There you go. It, 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 it was, was it was dream. an odd episode for us, right? Because I think we we talked about this a little bit. We're, there's usually a lot of complimentary stuff. I mean, we're, we're not a fawning podcast, but we're not a just taking a dump all over everything podcast. And that was the first episode that hewed close to the taking a dump all over everything category. Oh, yeah. Because we, oh, yeah. we were, we were yeah. not pleased with the final, the complete, the totality of the final product. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think we all tried to talk up the first half of the episode as just being okay, and you know it was it was coherent and it was part of the story. And the second half of that episode was just like, whoa, what the f- happened? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna recap it real quick for myself. It's just this: wherever you are out there, Phantom Editor, the one that did the Phantom Edit and Attack of the Edit, please. Oh, nice. Please come back and edit this episode. I only need about 15 minutes out of it. That's it. That's all I need. That's actually Dude. a really good call, Scott. Maybe somebody uh, will they, fix it. it, it, it if they could just play the chase scene, six minutes chase scene at like double speed and just put like yakety sacks <laughs> over it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Go full Benny Hill with the second half of that episode. Oh, I think it, I would I would already appreciate that episode so much more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we said this in the pre-show, so I just want to get it actually on air so it's part of the formal record. Yep. Steve, of the usable audio from last week's recording, if you can isolate the sound clip of Greg 
shortly before we signed off, <laughs> asking if we were really recording everything. <laughs> <laughs> if you can isolate that and put it into the sound clip library for the Wretched High podcast, I, I think we would get some mileage out of that. All right. At done. Some point. Consider it done. I totally blame you for cursing the whole goddamn thing. So I, I, think, I think Steve took his whole computer and threw it <laughs> off of the 4th Street Bridge in L.A., and he's bought a new one. <laughs> So that file is gone, unrecoverable, banished to the depths of hell for all eternity. Yeah, no, the, I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm the sort of the opposite. I've kept it as, as my sort of like my scarlet letter, my podcasting scarlet letter P. I'm gonna wear that thing and just remind myself that you know life is short. So hit record. Make sure to hit record. <laughs> It's his flavor flave clock hanging around his neck right now in a gold chain. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, for for tonight, there are five of us here, and we've decided to mute Nico's microphone tonight. So if you're not hearing Nico, that's that that's <laughs> why that's go. why because we've decided. And and for every episode going forward, <laughs> one of the members of the Wretched Hive will be muted, just so you know. So tonight is Nico's <laughs> in honor of <laughs> Chapter Four, Chapter Three, the Book of Boba Fett. Hey, let's do quick introductions. Dave, Scott, Greg, and Steve here. To break down Season 1, Chapter 4 of The Book of Boba Fett, let's get into it, guys. The Gathering Storm, written by Jon Favreau, directed by Kevin... I'm going to mess this up. Uh, Tancherowin. Tancherowin. Uh, I'll give you A for effort on that. All right. I'll, a for I'll, effort. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, done a lot of film and TV. Um, he broke... A lot of film? Uh, a little bit. He did Fame, 2009. Mortal Kombat. He did a Mortal Kombat movie. He did uh, Glee, the, the 3D from, concert movie. Last year? <laughs> no, uh, Mortal Kombat from 2010. 2010 oh, okay. release of Mortal oh, Kombat. Oh, those, the those viral videos. Right? No, no, no. <laughs> no not, not quite the classics, Dave. <laughs> no. Most recently for television, he's done um, Hellstrom. Anybody? Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a Hulu show. Yeah, that's got some good that got some good notices. He did one episode of that. He did Tell Me a Story in 2020. A million a million little things. So, you know, he's done some a lot of TV between in the last uh three, four years. Okay. Yeah. He's been around. He's done some stuff. An episode of Supergirl. Anybody watch Supergirl? Nope. And the the Flash. Past tense. And the Flash. Okay. All right. So he's got some director cred. And uh, this episode was fun. I, I, I didn't mind this one. Um, we, we start the episode directly into Boba's sleeping chamber. He's in his back to bed. He's remembering a Bantha ride that he took. A pretty cool shot of the Bantha, a, a Bantha skeleton there on the deserts of uh, Tatooine. And he's in a rocky outcropping looking down at what we think is um, Bib's palace at that point. I always want to say Jabba's palace. But he's was, trying to and, find and a is, ship. And is it just me? But on this shot, is this the first one where it was like, oh, wow, that's a matte painting. Like it just mm. it felt like a special effect to me as opposed to being seamless. Are you talking about the uh, the shot of the of uh, now palace? palace? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you're I think you're right, Dave. But I think that they've purposely done this in a few, not just like the matte painting look, which is beautiful. Mm. Um, but I think also in some of the effects on like, like the, the Bomar monk where we see it crawling across the screen, um, for the first time, it really mm. has that kind of old fashioned stop motion feel to it. Yes. Kind of give it thank that, you. Yeah. yeah. I really, I like how they're doing that in this, uh, I, I'm holy hell. I'm sounding way more positive than last week. I feel pretty good. <laughs> <We> feel pretty <laughs> that, would, that would take a lot, my friend. <laughs> So is it just me or does the door, the, the infamous huge door at Jabba Palace look just bigger than ever in this shot? Literally, it keeps every growing. Week, every every week, week they make it just a tiny bit bigger. God, well, it, look, it must be 200 feet high in this, in this episode. Okay, so that was my question I wanted to talk to you guys about. The shot that we're seeing, is it the same entryway shot or is it like the back door? Because that's where he eventually finds his, his ship. I know we're going to get to that, but... Mm. There is a no, I, I don't think he went in the back door, Scott, if that's what you're asking. Mm. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, all right. So there, there's a nice transition here from the looking up to the sun, the twin suns, to the moonscape, which I, I, I like that. That transition was pretty cool. 
Uh, Boba's around the fire. He's with his bantha. The bantha's licking its lips and wagging its tail. <laughs> that was a little bit weird. I don't know. Do you guys get a weird vibe from that? Like <laughs> Boba befriending every animal on the show, though, is is kind of a weak on on what's going on but yeah okay <laughs> yeah when when did this turn into an episode of all creatures great and small from pbs back in the 80s uh, that or it's like the he's like steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter and on tatooine or something like that he's like crikey she's a beauty <laughs> so it, it, is, it, it is weird yeah and is it just me or did the the bit of the bantha and boba around the campfire and he's feeding the bantha hmm. was that the Bantha special effect there just not really good. Like it, it actually yeah, yeah. took me out of the episode. It, it looked a lot like it, it looked actually less realistic than that giant furry Muppet. That's just a giant mouth who screams at people to me. <laughs> that's what I'm saying with the licking its lips. It was like yeah. this big cardboard, was, you know, piece that somebody, the, some guy behind the face just stuck. I don't know. It just, it took it, me out of it too. It, yeah. Okay. So it wasn't just me. It did kind of jump out like, Ooh, that's not, that, that's yeah. not Star Wars quality stuff that we're seeing there. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm with Greg on this. This whole, like, you know, oh, God, he's having a connection with every living creature on Tatooine. Is, it's getting a little weird for me. I don't yeah. know. I just, I get he's got a change of, of life choices and, and paths, but, man, I don't know. And then, yes, the effects, oh, God, I don't know. They could have just done something different. It's just an elephant with a big giant mask on top of it, right? So, <sighs> Well, the that's effect. what it was originally. I, yeah, I, I agree, Scott. I, they, I think, they could have done easily done it better. Been, uh, I, I don't get it. Digital. I think all of these have been CGI. Though. I don't think there's been any practical banthas in any, in this show at oh, all. Have there? That could not have been CGI. That the, was the bantha around the fire was not CGI. That was a really poor Muppet. But okay. practical <laughs> banthas, just so you know, that is a great band name. Practical, practical banthas. banthas. I like you that. Just, yeah. You just accidentally stumbled on Greg. You get full credit for that. But practical banthas is pretty cool. Yeah. Fuck you, Dave. So in the <laughs> so in the distance, Boba sees a flare, and so he goes off to investigate on his speedy bantha. By the way, I love how I love how he needs to get somewhere really quick, so he jumps on this bantha that walks yeah, like lightning fast, slower than yeah. you know a child crawls. And so they, they take really long steps, Steve. It's really it's all in the length of the steps. All right. So he, he goes to investigate and he finds Fennec Shand laying in the sand. So so now we're instantly transported to the episode of The Mandalorian where yep. Fennec Season Shand one. is laying almost uh, left for dead in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got our first uh, our first real firm timeline bearing on what's happening here. And I, I think that means that he actually spent a long, long time with the, the Tusken Raiders. Because doesn't Mandalorian start something like three years after, after the Battle of Endor? Sounds about right. It's yeah. it's in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it that gives us our first real sense of how much time has elapsed from him crawling out of the Sarlacc pit, which I'm guessing couldn't have been more than a, a day or two after you know Luke and company departed, to, yeah, right. to where we're at. We're we're grounded here now. Exactly. I would at most I would give him three days inside that thing, but yeah, it looks pretty fresh, and I think the the remains of all the the sail barge and the the skiffs all look pretty fresh and still steaming from from the fire. But um, yeah, so <laughs> can I hear more of Scott's talk of fresh and steaming, please? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Yummy, yummy, but, yummy! You know, so he's been hanging out with these uh, Tuscan Raiders for good couple of years right? couple of years yeah yeah we'll we'll talk about that aerial shot we get of the uh the destroyed barge that was that was pretty nice but um all right but so we're get, but we're getting into the thing that i actually brought up on the infamous lost episode now where i said hey how does boba fett get his ship back right exactly yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he takes fennec shan on on her bantha on a bantha uh, on his bantha and he takes her to get some help he's going to take her to the er and uh, well, he, which we established the banthas are like Scooby Doo when a ghost pops out. They just like light up the legs rolling around and <laughs> flying right. across the desert. Right. So, so got, thank God she's not wounded and she's going to die anytime soon. Yeah. Oh. So, so later on, we find out that he's taken her to what did he call it? A, um, a mod uh, shop. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. A mod shop near Moss Eisley. 
So, and, so again, this was a moment that took me out. And there, there's one where I'm just sarcastic, but there's one where I'm serious here. One, again, I come back to this is Tatooine. It is like the the butt end of space. Where do people get the money to afford? Yeah. You know, turning yourselves into a cyborg, basically. I mean, these people look like Borg from Star Trek in there. Yeah. So that that just as a plot thing took me out. But the thing that legit took me out was that that quasi techno punk music that was playing through the whole scene. It just it was much more grounded in our reality and present day than the the far off fanciful orchestrations that we typically get from Star Wars. And I get why they went with the choice. I just I honestly I I dislike the choice. I think they could have accomplished their goal and still found something that was a little more consistent or keeping with the Star Wars milieu for, for musicality. And I don't, Greg, I know you have strong feelings about music and Star Wars music in particular. I, I mean, do you think I'm crazy or, or what are you, what are your thoughts on my No, rant? no, not at all. Um, and well, it's, but Greg, you know, let me, me let, not- let, let me interrupt you really, Greg, really quick, Greg. I, I, it, I have a cut. I have a clip of the music you're talking about. I pulled this out also, cause I think we need to talk about this. This is the uh, this is the scene where Boba walks in to the mod shop, and he's going to get some help for Fennec Shand. Let's just listen to this real quick here. Aren't you a little old to be here? She needs modification. No walk-ins. Appointment only. This woman is about to die. Well, you should have started with that. All right. It goes on for quite a while, so I'm not going to... I won't play the whole thing, but... Um... Yeah, so just I'm wanted to. I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel drove through it in a Fast and the Furious movie through that scene. I, I just had to tee. I had to tee that up for you, Greg. So go, sorry. Go ahead and um, continue. Yeah, but you're 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 kind of spot on. I didn't. I, I'm not so much bothered um, about about the music. It's what takes me out of this part of this particular thing is they've you know they've they've introduced from from all the way back in the first movie, uh, New Hope, that you know Luke says if there's a planet that's farthest from any or if there's a destination that's farthest from anything this is the planet that's that's as far away as you can get <laughs> it's the ass end of the universe there's nothing out there uh, uh, and yet there's like steve says there's all this shit you know you can build shit you can cyborg shit up you can you've got techno beats to till the cows fucking come home and and it's 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 off-putting it's it's out of place yeah yeah um Oh, An answer to your your question, Steve, is um, in case you didn't know it, that person that is the main person that operates on Fennec Shan is a famous musician. Um, his name he goes by I think Thunderbolt, hmm. and uh, he plays bass and he's a singer. And so there's a good chance that that whole little music interlude there is him actually performing that. So hmm. we need he to. Yeah, he gets a special cameo in this episode, plus he gets his music put in there. So, I don't know. We need to dig that up. We need to confirm that. Yeah, I got it right here. His name's Thunderbolt. Okay. I'm sorry, Thundercat. Thundercat. His name is Thundercat. Thunderlips. Steven Thundercat Bruner is a bass player and a singer, and he got a special walk-on role for this. But that's his music that he's playing in the background. Well, is, look, this, is this actual fact checking or is this fact checking like on the Joe Rogan show? No, no, I, I, it is legitimate. He's in the credits too. So, well, let me just weigh in here really quick because I, I, I have a, a pretty strong opinion about this. Um, I, I, I'll go one step further, Dave. I, I don't understand the choice they made at all. I, I, I don't get this at all. This is so un Star Wars. It, it, yeah. it, it pulled me out completely. It, it, it feels like I was watching the matrix reloaded. Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Great call. Great that call. And, and I just, I did not like it one bit. It's, it's so far from star Wars and it's so sci-fi. It felt like sci-fi and star Wars is not sci-fi. It's science um, fantasy. 
And I yeah. just, there's a big difference there. And I, I, I don't always articulate it very well, but the difference is so clear in this clip to me that boy, they are really taking star Wars in a different direction. And I'm not saying I, I hate it, but it's so different that, well, I mean, this see, is Tatooine well, oh, ahead, we're talking right. about. Yeah. Scott, you go first and then I'll go after your thought, but you okay, go real quick, Steve, let me help you articulate. Hey, Star Wars creators and Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> this episode where you have a bunch of techno space nerds out there putting body parts in to people and making them into cyborgs sucked Bantha balls. And let me tell you why. <laughs> because it's not Star Wars. I don't care how special this bass player guy is. I, you know what? Make him so he's not obviously, you know, a George Clinton clone with techno dreads. And I just, it just, yeah. Well, it here, was very well, here's the thing with me, Scott. Okay, so the enhance yeah. the Android enhancements. I was thinking about this. Is that new to Star Wars? Well, no. Darth Vader. He's correct. Machine. Luke's hand. Vader. You right. know. So the technology exists to add limbs and to add, I guess, Android enhancements, if you want to call it that. Now we can talk about where these thugs get the money to do that. Maybe it's just cheap in a galaxy far, far away because it's so common. I, I don't know, but they could, they could handle it differently and make it more in world, I guess. Then they're taking it off in this strange direction that just, it feels so different than the star Wars I'm used to. Yeah. So, I'm going to go in the opposite direction with this because you call it not Star Wars and it is very out of place for Tatooine. But I read this in an article after last week's episode with the Technicolor Biker Gang and all of their, you know, uh, pastel colored vests they were writing. Would they fit and would this guy fit? I'm adding this argument in here on Coruscant. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yes. Because it's, if you think to episode two and the speeder specifically that that Anakin steals when they go on the chase, if you think of the bar that they go into when Obi-Wan talks the guy down out of selling him death sticks, yep. it looks just like this. Yes. And it, 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 it's fair, but I would there, say to a point. I, there's I feel a, like, well, what sorry, I say ahead. is there's a, there's a place for it. It's just not on Tatooine. I, mm. Yes, I agree with that, but I also I will go a little further than that. And I'm not saying this like you should agree with me. I'm just saying it like this is my feeling. Mm-hmm. Even if they were on Coruscant, I do feel like those bikes would have been a little more dinged up. I felt like they just mm-hmm. they looked too perfect, even for Coruscant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. And that's my hangup. I don't know that it's anybody else's, but mm-hmm. it, it they looked especially out of place on Tatooine. They would have yeah. just looked a little like, oh, they must be brand new from the shop on Coruscant. Yeah, right. Right. And, and Greg, that's a great point. But you're that that point about being on Tatooine, I, everything is just way too perfect. Now, my only justification, my only like excuse for this is at one point that the uh, the main guy who's doing the operation, he's got some arm with all these just like pivot devices and buzz saws and flamethrowers. He puts on an actual hand that has like these clamper claws. It's a super battle droid arm. So Mm, mm -hmm. I thought that was a neat callback, but if that's the only callback that we get, everything else is like, again, the techno music, the special guest star spot and uh, everything else that's going on and the super high gleaming, glowing techno neon colored bikes. I just, it's so glaringly like throws you out. It throws me out. I just can't deal with that. Yeah. It's out of place on, on for, for the location they've chosen to, to stage the show. Yeah, it's out of place. You know, throw a couple of Luke's tunics on so he, they don't look like they're like glowing yeah. and have like eyeballs that yeah. are like neon flashing rave devices. It's mm. it's insane to me. Bucket hats for everybody, man. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a, it is a good call though. It's it's a good call. I, I'm I'm thinking about the bar that Obi Wan walks in and you know the kid offers him death sticks and he goes you know go home yeah. and rethink your life. You know, I yeah. would the music fit there maybe. Maybe, but I, I better, think better it, shot. Sure, yeah, better shot for sure. I just don't it it you know it just pulled me out so far that I to the point where I I you know I had to isolate the clip and talk about it. I I just don't. 
Well, here's here's a uh, weird thing. I don't know. Using guys. everything we just talked about, imagine those whatever cyborg techno ravers decided to have a family vacation. They went to Coruscant. Hey, check out this crazy. Sure. This is nothing like Tatooine. And they came back and they wanted to make it like that. You just, I, that is so far fetched. And again, where's the money coming from? Where are all these parts coming from? I, I don't know. And they all look so damn good. I'm like, how do you get all these cylinders and hoses and pumps and things to put an entire lady's stomach back together and they look brand new. It's like if you just right. picked apart the sail barge, which blew up, you know, whatever, a couple of years ago, it wouldn't look that clean. You'd have to spend your entire three years scrubbing all those parts to make them look brand new. So well, I don't know. Let's so talk I about. Will, oh, I will say, ahead, Dave. Yep. before we draw on this too much more, the episode <laughs> tracks up for me from this moment. This sure. is the yeah. low point of the episode for me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Agreed. Same. So she's. I'm in. So Fennec Shan, <laughs> Fennec Shan basically gets a new midsection. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering to myself Not how that she needed a new midsection because it's Ming Na Wen and she looks amazing at like 103 or whatever. Her that was is. a pretty nice win. Oh, mid-section. bite your tongue. She's like 56, 57. She's yeah, still bad. She looks God. like she's about 27. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. She, no kidding. Sure. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck is she breathing? I mean, she's got, you know, suspension of disbelief. That's cool. It's all that, you know, Star Wars. It, it's good. Um, and then, you know, Boba Fett brings her back to where he found her. Um, and explains, I brought you to a mod parlor outside the Mos Eisley, you know. Um, that's a terrible Boba Fett. i got to work on my uh, my Boba Fett. Um, and he explains, and uh, he says, he asks her, which I think is also funny, are you, uh, are you our master assassin, Fennec Shand of the Midrim? I think it's funny that people have a title like that, you know. <laughs> Your master assassin, Fennec Shand, you know, like... I don't know. It's one thing to say like your podcast, well, the- your podcast host Greg Lent, you know, but your master assassin, like everyone knows she's a master assassin on her business card. What's the deal? They're all bounty hunters. There's a there's right. a guild of bounty hunters. Yeah. So I th- I think there's some notoriety, you know, amongst them. So okay. I- I'll all buy right. it. That's people fair. People know who Din Djarin is, so people know who Boba yeah. Fett is. She, yeah, she knew who he I'll was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I'm in. That's fine. Not not <laughs> that wasn't a deal breaker. It wasn't like the damn Matrix music for me, a deal breaker. <laughs> um all right. So like him, she was left for dead. Uh she she's surprised that this the the uh biker gang defeated the Tuscans. She's like, Ooh, that doesn't seem likely. So that was a yeah. little interesting little twist there. Who I wonder if that's a plot point that we'll come back to at some point in the remaining three episodes. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost <laughs> Certain. Wow, is it just three that's left? Is it only yeah. three that are left? Yeah. I think it's a seven. Yeah, I think okay. it's seven chapters. Yeah, halfway yeah. point, okay. guys. Um, so he asks her to help recover my fire spray gunship. No name, no name. Is, is so, but is it a name? Because I saw, I saw. Because honestly, if the if the ship is being renamed Fire Spray, I still don't like the whole concept. But Fire Spray is a decent name for a yeah, ship. Sure. It's always been a fire spray gunship. That it's like okay. it's like that's the, the Millennium Falcon is a is a, is a YT. 1100 or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's always been a fire spray, but it's the, it, you know, like, like there's, there's many different aircraft carriers, but they all have a specific name. Right. So, right. Oh, so he's literally just like walking around, like I'm trying to get my Honda back the whole episode. Yes. As opposed yes, to, exactly. okay. Someone stole right. his catalytic converter. He's trying to get the, the car that's, back. Well, that's just Steve, annoying. Steve, now I'm annoyed Steve by Steve this. Dri- Steve drives a boxer, but if he doesn't call it a boxer, he calls it Penny. So that's very true. Dave <laughs> named my car, by the way. <laughs> okay, I, I get that, and let's let's be fair. You know, you know, this just gets under my skin, guys. But I just have to say this real quick. If you saw all the other episodes, all the other uh, parts, of, all the movies that we all love, and Hans running around talking about his YT one three zero zero freighter or whatever, wouldn't that start mm-hmm. to annoy you after a while? I, I mean, we yes. know that it has yes. a name, so yes. it, this felt like their little thing about saying we're going to make the name change and it, yeah. i think if they were going to do it they could have done it better than this and yes greg you're right well, it's a fire spray model so mm-hmm. i get it but well we have just lived in a world with the washington football team for the last two years so <laughs> I <know. laughs> well you might say i've got to go get my pontiac out of hawk or something you know or yeah. i, I got to go get my you know my honda from the dealer or whatever you might say that but yeah i get it but, yeah, but wouldn't you say Honda Accord or wouldn't you say Honda or Toyota Corolla or something? 
I mean, how many fucking Toyotas are out there in the world? How many Hondas are out there in the world? Oops, that's not the right fire spray. I'm so sorry. I don't know, but if I, Honda comes out with a model YT1600, I'm buying it. <laughs> that's it. Um, so they right. go at night to Bibb's Palace, and we get a glance, the first shot, a night vision shot of the ship formerly known as Slave One. Let's just, we're calling it that. The ship formerly known as Slave One. So, I mean, you know, you know the ship is coming. He talks about the fire spray gunship. So, you know, we're going to get some cool shots of Slave One in this episode. Um, he's, she, uh, Fennec Shan sends a similar probe into uh, the palace, sort of similar to the one that Darth Maul had, is what I meant to say. It kind of reminded me of when he sends the probes out to go looking. Different model, but kind of same idea. Got some. Oh, cool- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of got some cool shots of the palace interior as it's flying around, and I, I like those shots. Um, oh, and then uh, the bantha tongue bit comes back when he's saying goodbye to, when Boba is saying goodbye to his bantha, and the bantha gives him a big slobbery kiss goodbye. And uh, he sets the bantha free to roam and, the dune sea. And hopefully that's the end of Dances with Boba. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he tells it to go make baby banthas, Steve. Yes, go make does. baby banthas. Did anyone get the visual of that but me? Or is it just, <laughs> no, am I just the only psycho? Nobody else got the visual no, of right. that. All right. Well, I just gave it to you, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> uh, all right. They break into the palace. Uh, I loved the chef droids. I was stoked about the chef droids. I thought the chef droids were cool. What did you guys think? It's a great callback to our favorite film, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I was fine with the chef droids, the rat catcher droid, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a little, the rat catcher droid was a little, well, I'm going to back up. So the yeah. one chef droid, you know, obviously going to the general grievous school of self-defense, <laughs> I thought was, was funny. Um, I was into it. I thought the little rat catcher droid was silly, but I think more in tune with how movie Boba Fett was kind of a dim, you know, kind of a dimwit, you know? Yeah. I was, I was watching that sequence and I was just like, Oh my God, they've returned him to return of the Jedi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's been reset to return of the Jedi settings at this point. This whole, this whole second part of this episode, he's a total dipshit. He tries to fly (laughs) the ship formerly known as slave one into a Sarlacc pit. (laughs) And he almost gets stuck there. If it weren't for Fennec Shand, he'd still be there. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. I know, we'll I'm skipping ahead, but he's but a hold moron. On, hold on, So the chef, <laughs> the actual General Grievous chef droid was from Attack of the Clones. That That is on, it is a chef droid on one of the star cruisers that's taking Padme and, Ama- and uh, Anakin. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, and the, the sous other, chef, the sous chef, you're going to say, go ahead. And they're actually, is, he's called the sous chef, which is great. It, I yeah. know. That's yeah. EV-99, so... Yeah. Who was also part of the torture droid sequence from Return of the Jedi, and exactly. then the little weird rabbit rat droid rat catcher. Yeah, that is this is the first time it's seen in live action, but it's from uh, all the Clone Wars. That droid is all over the fucking Clone Wars. Uh, I thought it that's familiar. where I saw it. Yeah, same. Yeah. I couldn't place it. I'm like, have we seen that thing before? Yeah. So um, it was it was yeah. fun, but God, you guys nailed it perfectly. It, it just turned into this doofus chase sequence yeah. with that droid, and I'm like. What the hell just happened to Boba Fett? Yeah, well, the, he should take that thing out with one shot. No problem. That's right. the Boba Fett we all know and love. Yes. Is it, though? It is, yeah. It, <laughs> only when exactly, only, Steve. Exactly. <laughs> only when Robert Rodriguez directs him in The Mandalorian, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they so played that. Okay, no, ahead. I was going to say, sorry. They, they played the whole thing for comedy. It's like a comedy routine. He's chasing this thing. It's running through uh, the fire. It's running around corners. He's barely missing it. It's like, you know, cue up yakety sacks, like you said before. It's this. this hey, it's, hey, and talk, talk all the smack you want about Viv Fortuna taking over. But my God, did he improve the lighting sequences in the entire palace? If you go back to Return of the Jedi, it's like solid black and shadows. You can't see a damn thing in there. And all of a sudden you see every nook and cranny and piece of sewage floating right. through there. I'm like, all right. Well, in 83, right, they were trying to hide all the flaws of all the, the carpentry work. 
Bib Fortuna striking terror and fear in the hearts of Moss Espa with his sense of interior design. <laughs> I was going to say, he knows a good electrician, obviously. He does. Uh, finally, we get to see inside uh, the um, the palace. or what, what is it? The garage? The garage, I guess. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm on board with you, man. Uh, we finally get to see the ship formerly known as Slave One in all of its glory. It's 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 beat up, broken down, used universe glory. That's a great shot when we first see the, the ship most, formerly known as Slave One. Most Love that. of the Slave One stuff is very well done. Yes, yeah. If agreed. it's CGI, practical, whatever. Most of the Slave One stuff in this episode, I loved just Same. high quality high end this is what we're looking for people Same. more of this great cgi That's where the budget went and money well spent yep yeah yep divert yep. some of that money to last week's chase scene please <laughs> um the ship we're formally... all looking forward to the george lucas special edition where the chase scene will get expanded by 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and they'll... still cover the same amount of territory <laughs> they'll put some of the guards behind a rock as they're shooting Hide behind a right. Um, there's a fight with the Gamorian guards and the castle guards. Fennec holds them off. Uh, Boba Fett powers up Slave One, the ship formerly known as Slave One. We get the interior of Boba's ship. Pretty cool. Again, we get to see more of that as we saw in The Mandalorian. Uh, Fennec Shand uh, blows up. Uh, what is he? She, uh, she shoots the door to let them... Uh, you know, to get them out of the... Um, why can't I think of what the name of that thing is? Oh, she counterweight. Shoots, well, there's two moments. She shoots the gonk droid to wipe out the rest of the... Yes! Yes, blows it that. up. That's cool. Yeah, Which, that literally, cool. I saw that, and I was like, well, why don't they just shoot the droid, the power droid, and have it blow up? And then four <laughs> seconds later, that's exactly what she does. And I was like, oh, cool. You should be yeah. directing an episode of this show, Dave. <laughs> so great. Stay out of my head, John Favreau. Just stay out. <laughs> the gate opens. They blast their way out, and... Wow, really nice view of the ship formerly known as Slave One flying out in the dusk. Beautiful shot. Love that shot. And the bit with the, the guns being stuck, because the guns, if you have a toy Slave One, which I do, and I'm not sure if it still works since Steve dropped it when he was helping me move a, a year ago, but I, did. I, I have I have a toy Slave One. In my defense, guns, I fixed the part that broke off. I It snapped right back on. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but the the guns pivot all the way around. Yeah, and, right. and yes, playing with that toy as a kid, that was occasionally a thing where you're like trying to spin the guns to do something and they get stuck. So it, it, it did make me laugh a little bit as a childhood callback that <laughs> that actually happened to Boba Fett flying the ship. You were not laughing when I dropped it, though. I, I didn't say anything. No. I was kind of proud of myself in that moment. You didn't bite my head off. That's that's very true. Uh, all right. So I'm sure my eyes said it all for me. Jason Lee from mall rats. <laughs> you had your privileges and then you didn't know how to handle comics. So you lost. Your <laughs> so Boba says, I have a few scores to settle. Um, Fennec says, I'll go for the ride. They seem to be forming a bond, maybe some sort of a partnership here. In Survivor, it would be called an alliance. There you go. Ooh. Boba takes out the biker gang. There's a that great and shot that of the sequence biker is, game. That is That's awesome, by awesome. the way. It is. Yeah. You know, and, and and this is, I think, the Boba Fett that everybody was hoping would be on screen. The previous three episodes, the kind of the ruthless, cold-hearted, you know. Yeah. Take no prisoners. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they, they gave us the excuse that he's, you know, justifying why he's doing it, but he... Yes. Well, it's 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 a revenge it's a revenge killing is what it is. It's all it's strictly all it is. It's a revenge killing. So, but so here's there's my no, thing. There's no honor in this kill at all. No, but so I, I love the sequence so much. I am making this truly as a joke, not as a criticism. But every time they blew up a cycle, you very clearly see like the body get thrown away from the explosion <laughs> instead of just consumed in the explosion. And yeah. about the seventeenth time that happened. It occurred to me that this is just like the G.I. Joe cartoons. <laughs> when the plane gets shot down, there's always at the, there's always like just at the last second of the explosion, stick figure jumping out in a parachute. And the the, the yep. thing drops to the ground. Yeah. You could never kill anybody in G.I. Joe. And I was watching this going, is he just blowing the shit out of these bikes and people aren't dying? <laughs> if this was a James Cameron movie, there would just be, you know, bits of people and, and, and flaming hands and limbs and torsos just going around. But the yeah. bodies well, all cleanly explode 
off of the bikes. Yeah. Well, if you want to see bodies exploding, I suggest you switch over to HBO Max and watch uh, Peacemaker. That's all I got to oh. say. Fair. Really? Fair. I do need I do need to watch that cuz I'm a I'm a huge James Gunn fan. There you okay. go. That's the, right. they, they, you'll get you'll get plenty of your bodies exploding in in, <laughs> in, in, in that show. And I say that with the highest of recommendations as well. Yeah. Okay. Su- Suicide Squad was a good movie, right? Yes. yes. The, yeah. the Suicide Squad. The James right. the, the James Gunn the James yeah. Gunn version, yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, next we got an aerial view of the barge wreckage. Right, Boba's going to look for his armor, and this shot is pretty cool. Flying around the, we think, dissolved, dried up, uh, not dissolved, dried up uh, Rancor Pit. Sarlacc. Sarlacc Pit. Sorry, my bad. Uh, Something like that. Uh, Sarlacc Pit. And uh, she says, oh, no, your your armor can't be in there. It's dissolved by now. And uh, he says, not Beskar. So, right, they fly over it. They float over the pit. They're trying to look inside the pit. And you know what's coming. I mean, you just know, yeah. right? But this this also gives you a really good sense of how Slave One works as a ship, right? With those little gravity gravity pads. Like, this isn't your typical engine starship flying around. Those, those things allow it to hover, rotate right. 180 degrees. It's flipping cool, man. I yeah. love it. I right. really loved how they did this. Yeah, it was cool. um, I, 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 you know, I got to say some really fun, positive stuff, but, uh, you knew, okay. So I did find one thing funny about this. They do have this. Well, first of all, there is a fantastic shot. Like you were, the camera is placed inside the belly of the, of the, um, uh, Sarlacc. Yeah. Sorry. I got some, something knocked over or something. Sounds like know. a Sarlacc is, uh, coming after you there, Scott. Trying to get me. Right. But I love that shot. <laughs> you, that- you got all these candles behind you, too. So if flames start shooting up, <laughs> Scott, and we're all, like, waving at you, that means there's a fire behind you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love the, the POV shot from inside the belly looking up through the maw of this thing, and you just see the window of Slave 1 kind of floating down and hovering. I, that was just so sweet to me. Um, but, yeah, I figured... Here's the thing. When he crawled out that first episode, which I loved, we never saw the special edition version. There was no beak. There was no thing there. It was just mm. the tentacles and all the different teeth or whatever. Yeah. So It was, it was uh, original version. Original yes. edit, Sarlacc. So I figured if this is coming around, we're probably going to get the beak on this one. So yeah. Yeah. there you go. We got a little beak. Yes. Yeah. We, got, we got the Audrey 2 version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fennec Shand is struggling to hit the button to release the sonic charge. She breaks out of her, or she undoes her seatbelt, falls into the canopy, which is kind of a cool moment because she falls in and the Sarlacc thinks it's going to get her, you know, can't get her. Uh, she drops the sonic charge down into the Sarlacc, which was another cool little moment. And you hear the, that familiar sound from, uh, what is it, episode two? Yeah. Whatever that is, yeah. that sound. Pretty cool. I like that. Can you that. do that again, so, please? But I'm thinking to myself, is Boba Fett a complete moron here? Like he's an idiot. And she says she says he says, next time don't touch my buttons. You know, but But he doesn't he doesn't remember idiot. that the jaw was taken away, his armor. No, he was, uh, apparently he was not. passed out. He was still passed because because the jaw because he reaches out towards the jaw when they when they smack him again. He may I mean he may have done it instinctively, still being passed right. out, but he has, I mean, no recollection of that at all. I mean, because he did wake I up know. and they had to knock him out again. I thought, but I guess not. So yeah, no, you're right because the Jawa takes the butt of the gun and just jams it right into his face. Mm-hmm. I um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That's weird. Um, but hey, here's another doofus moment. So there we go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just another doofus moment brought to you by Boba Fett. <laughs> Uh, all right. So he comes, he's, uh, he, we, we jump forward and he's been searching inside the Rancor pit, uh, digging for his armor. He's covered in gook. She says, Steve, you need You a... really love that Rancor, don't you? I do. <laughs> the Sarlacc pit. Did I say, did I say Rancor pit again? Son of you a did. Bitch. You did. We're, we're just, we're, we'll fix it in post. Don't worry about you it. You were going, we you were just, we love you, man. We love <laughs> there is no fixing these shows in post, man. I don't have time to edit. Um, uh, we get this great shot of the two of them, Fennec and Boba, sitting with the ship formerly known as Slave One with a fire. I want to. I want to take a screenshot of that for my wallpaper for my. Yeah, that's a great that's a shot. <clears throat> brilliant. That's shot. a great shot. Yeah. And here they start talking about. You know, she's like, "Do we want to 
do you want to make your own house? Do you want to be the leader of, of your own house? And he says, I, this is our time. Let's do this. And she says like our time or we should do this. We something like that. So they're kind of, again, if you're here and if I'm here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, played. Is, it, is this where he gives a speech about, uh, you know, people, die, you know, haven't you had a lot of clients who are idiots and they're just all these things that, it could be solved so much easier than killing people unnecessarily. Is this is this the moment where he does that speech, or is that later? Yeah, close. I think he's... Okay. All right. So then we we get the shot of him that we saw in the previews, killing Bib Fortuna. He sits down on the throne, and dream sequence. He comes out of the uh, the back to tank. Um, comes out. Droid says you're completely healed, and Fennec Sand says, uh, "What about the scars on the inside?" So. You know, we know he's struggling with some stuff. Um, the mods are combing the streets of Mos Espa. So is that is that what we're calling his little gang of little, you know? Yep, mod bikers, squad. The mods, the mod squad. The mod squad. He says, I should show my face. I mean. Power, power hates a vacuum. <laughs> uh, we cut quickly to... Oh, we cut to um, the watering hole where Garza Whip, Jennifer Beale's character, is the owner. Uh, what's the name of that place? Uh, Garza Whips Whip House? I don't know. Garza Whips Fun Time. Heaven? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And and I'm pretty sure maybe 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 our favorite character of this show so far? Christan. Christanton. 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 Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Jennifer Beals, man, because uh, I actually had to take a screenshot. I'm like, yeah. holy hell. She's smoking hot. She looks way good. She looks Jennifer so good. Beals, who was in the movie yeah. Flashdance, I believe, back in the 1980s. What? Yes, yes. from Flashdance. Yeah. yeah. Early 80s, no less. Early right. 80s. Like almost 40 fucking years ago. And she looks just fantastic. This, this comment brought really? to you by Captain Obvious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we didn't. I know. Look at his face. He's so mad at me right now. Only because we forgot to mention it the first time we... It was it was a fair bit of criticism. It's okay. Yeah, it's fair. Damn it. Um, Flash dance, guys. Flash dance. Meanwhile, so what a feeling. Chrysanthemum does not. I was going to share my screen, and there's, there's I got a picture. A screen. She's a maniac, maniac on the floor. Chrysanthemum does not look happy. He's just pissed. He's just looking at these Trandoshian gamblers who are happy, and he just wants to kick their ass. It's so So, great. I, I have a dumb question for Scott. Trandoshians. Yeah. Is that the same race as Bosk or no? Yes, and that's what's pissing me off about this thing is they look so doofus. Well, <laughs> I was just gonna, does does Bosk have a skin condition or something? Because all these other uh, others are, are green and Bosk is decidedly yellow. Yeah, and if you Or watch, am I racist? No, no, when you're not racist. <laughs> well, let's check, cool. let's <laughs> check. Let's check with the judge. Let's We're check. Great. Wait, wait. Let's, <laughs> let's check with the judge. Uh Greg, was that racist or not? Yes. All right. Sorry, sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, when you when we do oh, well get to the final well when we get to I the big to, I have to call it as I as it is. <laughs> I and according it. to Wiki, according to Wikipedia, Bosk is a Trandoshan. Yellow or not, oh, even more funny. racist now. So. <laughs> All right. So, Chrysanthemum. Well, yeah, I don't just, understand. He just yeah. does not look happy. He just wants to kick ass for no reason. He's a Wookiee. No, no, no. There's stuff for no reason. Oh. If you notice that in the very first episode when they're giving tribute, one of them is there giving a Wookiee pelt to him. A Trandoshan oh, is giving call, a Wookiee pelt. So, he does not like Trandoshans. All right, well, you hold him down, and I'll kick the shit out of him then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so apparently still racist? the hottest <laughs> woman on the hottest woman in Star Wars now. Uh, fair? Yes. Jennifer Beals, Garza Whip, t- tries to talk him down. It's actually, I, I thought this was maybe the moment of the whole show. Tries mm-hmm. to talk him down. You think she's done it. He's calm, and he's going to walk out given that, you know, his debt to her to to the the bar to Garza Whip's place will be will be forgiven, 
And he just screwedy rips the guy's arms off anyways. I just thought it was funny. Wookiees, Wookiees rip arms out of people's sockets. It's what they do. Han Solo taught us this like forty years ago at this point. Yeah. Yep. Give give the people what they want to see, and we want to see Wookiees ripping arms out of sockets. That's it, exactly so, what we want. It was fan service, <laughs> but come on, we would have been disappointed if that didn't happen. It exactly. was, but, but I, I, th- I think that scene for all the comedy that was involved in it. Yeah, I think it reinforces the idea that Jennifer Beals is actually the big bad, because yeah. her just whole approach there, it was very much like a high level leader who's just who's persuading somebody yeah. to do something that they yes. want. I'm not ordering you. I'm just I'm persuading you. You shut your filthy mouth, Dave. She is not bad at all. You sh- not at all. shut it and shut it up. Oh, if you she's... can see my screen right now, she is right next to you, Greg. She's sitting right there. Oh, she's and, and, she's bad. And it goes to a creepy place really quick. She's... Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't she, you talk she's... about Jennifer Beals that way. She's bad. She's um, bad for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, oh shoot, I was gonna say. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, it's got way creepy, and I just lost track. Of All right, hold on. Let me just keep going really quick. We're running out of time here. I gotta okay. say, really quick, important uh, um, dialogue here. She's like, ah, oh, she finally she turns around. She goes, hit it, Max. Confirmation, Max Rebo. Confirmation. Confirmation, Max Rebo. Unless Thank all you. blue elephants are named Max, and then something like it could oh, be, no. you know, Max. I don't know, Spando or something. You know what? Who knows? Max, you know, that's a little racist bat. right there because he's a blue elephant. Okay, hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Hold on. <laughs> Judge, uh, Greg, was that racist or not racist? Not racist at all. Yes. Not racist at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there, you, know, you talk about fan service, and twice in this in this very same scene, we've got the the Wookiees ripping arms, and we got a confirmation of Max. I think this is yes, it's fan service, but I think it's fan service done right. Yes. yes. I think it's, yes. I think it's how you because it's because it's not you know shoehorned in. There's a reason things play out this way, and I think yes. it's how you actually accomplish good fan service and i appreciate that they put these things in good yeah, point agreed 100 percent. and but, and you're getting a, a legends character brought onto screen and made canon so yeah this whole mm-hmm. this whole black christian or did i say legends he's it's, he's actually canon i don't know whatever he's, he, yeah, he, he's, he's, yeah he's yeah he's he's new well, he's he's, 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 he's yeah okay yeah. he's yeah, canon yeah. now Sorry. for sure bubble uh uh chrysanthemum walks out boba follows him turns him around and says, looks like you could use a job. So now, clearly, as we predicted, Boba's going to hire Chrysanthemum to be his bodyguard, do something for him. Mm-hmm. Just, just is, scare mm-hmm. the shit out of people in general. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. By the way, they yeah. used his nickname in this episode. They did call him Santi at one Santee, point. Santi, yes. Which Dr. Afra does call him Santi in the comic. Doesn't so, Garza yeah. Whip uh, call him that, I think? Yes. I yeah. believe yeah. so. Yep. All right, last scene of the show, we're at the Godfather table. The discussion of between the five families, they're making a deal. Yeah. Uh, Boba Fett says, I'm here to give you a proposal that is mutually beneficial. I almost expected him to say, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I mean, it was like so and close. It, and it, and it, it would have worked. It would have worked, too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And didn't you hear the music turn into the Godfather yes. theme? It like went down that road. Oh my well, god! And, and yeah. I and I think like for me, the show doesn't have to be wall to wall action, but it's at this point that I was like really got intrigued in the show. I've been I was on board for the first two episodes. I stepped back from from episode three. This is I think where I wanted this show to go. I want you know you wanted space western. You wanted you know in in the Mandalorian show. This is space Godfather, and I'm and yeah. people talked about wanting the the there was a there was a game that was supposed to come out called star wars underworlds that was canceled about 10 years ago now yeah and that it was supposed to be you know it was was supposed to be gangsters in space and i think that's what people were hoping with book of boba fett especially with him taking over jabba's crime family i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what they wanted to see and it's taken it's it started off in a weird place with this weird kind of you know i'm a changed man i found family with the tuscans but Maybe, it, maybe it's going to go somewhere else. I hope so. I don't know, but yeah. I I really like the way they ended this episode well, a lot. Like maybe a lot. He, he's not he's not an evil man or a dark man like he used to be, but maybe he's a different kind of evil person. 
or yeah. bad guy. He's sort of <clears throat> a bad guy with a heart. You know, I just to con- just to contrast, I do have a clip of the Godfather style music that we hear around the Godfather table. Here it is. Started. Oh, this works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Oh God, Sorry. it's so Matrix. It's killing me. Can you? <laughs> That was from the same episode. I really should. We really should pull up the Godfather music from that and compare it to well, uh, the Godfather, actual Godfather. Oh, I, well, I the, like it, the. It, it, sorry, ahead, Scott. Yeah, I was just going to say, talking about what you're saying, real quick, how he's a different type of of crime boss or whatever. There is a moment, and I loved it, when he kind of threatens them with the rancor, which he purposely yeah. put the table on top of the pit. Yeah, and yeah. the thing just claws up through the bottom. I'm like, holy that's, shit! That's such a power move. Well, that we're not is. sure if we're going to go along with what you say. Rancor claws come through the grate under everybody's feet. Oh, look, yeah. he's hungry. I bet he's hungry. There, there, it's right. all fine, chap. Now, what were you boys about to tell me? Yeah. Whatever you want, whatever you want, Boba. We're down. Yeah. If my if if Michael had a rancor in the god, you know he would have used it that way, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, my, meanwhile, just then as the rancor, you know, puts his claws through the, the floor, Kersantin is like looking on from the, in the corner, just arms crossed, just kind of observing. So I thought he that is, was, that was pretty cool yeah. too. His, his job is down. to make sure nobody runs out of the room. Yeah. That's really all he's there for. Right. Yeah. He is genuinely terrifying. Yeah, he <laughs> that, is. That guy is perfect for that, that role. Whoever's in that suit. Oh, man. So in the end, all the families agree to let Boba Fett fight the Pikes alone and not to join the Pikes or betray him. Uh, there's some conversation about, well, do we trust them? And uh, Boba Fett says, basically, they, they will be out for themselves. We've got to prepare for war. What I'm, I've got money. I'm short on muscle. And um, uh, Fennec says, well, we can buy the muscle. So, so does we- that mean we're going to see more of the old school bounty hunters. Bosk, Dengar. Good call. IG IG eighty eight. That that's what I'm saying. Are we gonna see like a reunion? Like the Backstreet Boys getting back together for tour or something. <laughs> I want we get yeah. the band back together, man. We get them all for for LOM, and we get Zuckus and Dengar. Oh all gosh. of them all just come walking in, just looking badass again. Nobody loses weight like the Gamorrean guards either. I, I, I have most. I have most of those guys as action figures, actually. Now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, That's so awesome. the funny thing I'm is, break them all out tonight, and I'm going to be all like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" <laughs> So no, is, sir, I did not see you playing with your dolls, sir. <laughs> <laughs> not next time. <laughs> so I need to point out a couple things real quick in case somebody else hadn't wanted to talk about this or we want to leave this alone, but I don't care. Because if you're going to keep calling it formally known as Slave One, I'm, I'm going to bring this up. But Dave, real quick, the Trandoshans are in the sequence. They're one of the crime families. And if you look at the ones kind of off in the back, they do look more like Bosque. So I don't know why those other ones. Now look I think so... you're just trying to make me look bad. No, <laughs> no, I'm trying to, I'm with you, man. I'm trying to help you out. Um, your but skin, when, your when... skin looks nothing like a trend ocean. I don't know what you're talking about. Dave. You look great. <laughs> but the last thing is when, they, when he says, when, or uh, when Fennec Shan says that we get the Mandalorian theme. Yes. So is the, is the is that... muscle that she's trying to buy. Is it Din Jaren? Is is Din coming to Book of Boba Fett? Or is it a Mandalorian co- like coven? Or yeah. Is Bo-Katan. it Katan? Yes. Yeah. Plot, tw- plot twist is Gina Carano. Uh, oh my god. My. Oh my god. Hang on, let's do this. Oh. Gina would kick some ass. Take some if names her, later. If her gun works. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, if you're watching The Mandalor, sorry, the, the Book of Boba Fett, uh, we want to hear from you. If you're watching The Rancor on The Book of Boba Fett <laughs> or The Mandalorian, be sure to give us a call because Steve loves voicemail. It's, you know, it's probably the first time ever that I've gotten a name wrong on this show, right? It, it sure is, Nico. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> um,. Give us a call. I want to hear from you, Mark. 
And I want to hear what you think so far of the Mandalorian. This is we're beyond the halfway point the now, book guys. Of Boba Fett. Damn it! The book of Boba Fett. You know what? I'm going to stop drinking while we do the show. Oh, never mind. No, you're not. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? It's been six years. Have I ever done the show sober? I'm not totally positive. Uh, I want to hear from you, Brett. Mark, reach out to the Wretched Hive hotline. Leave a voice message. I'm challenging you right now. I'm looking He's into the camera. Out. That's right. Let me know what you think so far at the halfway point of the Book of Boba Fett. Call the Wretched Hive hotline, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell hive. you goddamn right. And you can also find us online, although we hardly ever post anything, at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can go to our website, WretchedHivePodcast.net and download all the shows. Episode 1 review. Sorry, Chapter 1 review of Book of Boba Fett. Chapter 2 review of Book of Boba Fett. Chapter 3. No, never. Oh, no, no, never no, mind. You no. can't. You can't. You'll never find that episode. Uh, but maybe we'll make up for it. Maybe we'll record it again and watch that. Nah, we probably won't. Hey, the guy that wrote... The courtship of Princess Leia passed away last week. We should probably yeah. cover that in depth. It's better than episode three. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> the funeral? Oh my God. Have a great week. Totally Talk that. to you later. May the force be with us all. Fuck you, Karen! Allow me to share, damn it. I need to share. Oh, that was perfect.